Well, it's so funny. Um, the encouragement that Diane had this morning, and also they were declaring it in worship. God gave me a similar encouragement. Second Chronicles 20, chapter 15 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. And I just want to declare that over you this morning. If you've been going through something difficult, I want to declare over you this morning that the battle is not yours but the Lord's. Amen. It's his fight. And when we just step into that place of like, Lord, I give you this fight. But the battle is not mine. It is yours. The peace of God will come. Amen. It's his fight. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning. If you're going through any type of challenging situation right now, that's for you. Grab onto that. Well, Wednesday night, we had a powerful encounter night, and we went after healing. And we had a word of knowledge for neck pain, and we saw probably, I would say, eight or nine people stood for neck pain. And I don't think that there was any one of them that didn't get healed. Um, everybody received healing that stood. And there was even a lady who didn't stand. And while the person was getting prayed for the first person and they were getting healing, she said, I was getting healing simultaneously as that person you were praying for was getting healing. So everybody that stood got healed. And then someone that didn't stand also got healed. And so God really moved and he showed up and we're just so thankful for that. A couple of weeks ago, Joy did an amazing job speaking about healing. And if you missed that message, um, check that out. It's on YouTube. It's on our YouTube channel. It's called The Gospel of Healing. And I believe this is a, se a season where God is taking us into another level uh, in all fronts, but specifically in healing. Uh, there's been a word over our church since the very beginning that this is going to be a house of healing. And from the very first time that we started this church, God had healing in mind for our church. In fact, one of the crucial things that birthed this church was my wife's heart healing that happened in 2011. Um, she had, for those of you that don't know, I know many of you know her testimony, but she had a, a life-threatening heart issue. She was bedridden at the end of it, and she had a radical miracle in her body. She went from being bedridden with this heart issue to out of bed, completely healed, and um, it was a radical miracle that the doctors could not explain. And uh, so to God be the glory. And this, at this time, we were still in our other church that we had been at for 10 years, but this birthed something in our heart that we where we had this deep craving for more of God through this experience. It's really hard to deny healing that God does that when you receive it for yourself. It's a lot harder anyway. <laughs> and we saw God do a miracle and it opened up our spiritual eyes and we had this hunger, this burning hunger and desire for more of God. And it led us to Bethel. That's how we found Bethel. Because we were like, where is this happening in the body of Christ? That's how we got turned on to Bethel. We saw that they were moving in, in signs, wonders, and miracles. And we just had this deep hunger for more of God. And specifically, especially at the beginning, to see God move in the area of healing. So I want to talk to you this morning about healing. This is something that Joy and I sat down and we were like, we really feel like we're supposed to go after this more. And she preached that message about healing. But last week, I, f I felt like I had that word from Joshua 1. But this week, I, I had another message that I was getting ready. And I, f I prayed and I felt like the Lord was like, no, let's talk about healing. 
Go after healing. So today we're going to talk about healing. So this church was birthed in our spirits after my wife was healed in 2011. And we really started to move in the direction of starting a church that was going to be a supernatural church like what we see in the Bible in the book of Acts. I remember when we started in this journey, I was so drawn to like Sid Roth, like if you've ever seen him. I would watch him and, and watch these people talk about these radical miracles. And I would just, it became like regular programming for me. We were so drawn to, to Bethel. And at that time, it was brand new. Like Bethel was brand new. And I was just like feeding off of what God was doing. And um, like, as I said, there's been a prophetic word over our church that this is going to be a house of healing. At our second service here, um, we saw a young man who, he came in with crutches. And he, was, he went to the youth service, and I love Vince. Uh, Vince was leading the youth that day. And he saw the man, young man come in with crutches, and he goes, oh man, you got a target on your back, buddy, with those things. <laughs> And he came in, and they began to pray for this young man for healing. He had had um, uh, an issue with his knee where he could not put any pressure on it whatsoever. He said any amount of pressure would cause pain. He was radically healed. This was our second service in this building in the youth room. He was radically healed. He began to weep because he was able to walk around, no crutches, putting full pressure. He hadn't been able to put any pressure on his knee for months and months and months. Amen? So right when God birthed this church um, in about 2013... Um, we started to really go after healing, and we saw lots of miracles and healing right from the very beginning. And we've seen so many healed uh, people healed since then. And I just wanted to share just briefly, because I want to give God the glory for some miracles that we saw while we were in Kenya, which was only, what, three, four weeks ago we were there. But I want to share some of the miracles that we saw when we were in Kenya there was a woman who had stomach pain every day since she gave birth in 2015 uh, to her, her last child. She was completely healed by Jesus when we visited. And, and also in Katali, there was a lady. So as we were speaking, we were going after healing. There was a lady working in the kitchen, and she heard me say something about, like, if you need healing right now, just, just receive your healing. And she's in the kitchen, and she just said, Lord, I received my healing. And she gets radically healed just being in the kitchen. We prayed for healing in the room. Uh, we went after hip healing. We felt like it was a word of knowledge. We had people stand for hip healing. There was a man in the back of the room. He was in the very back of the room. His back was actually touching the back wall. He gets healed, and um, I said, sir, come up and pray for this man. There was another man that hadn't gotten healed yet. He comes up, prays for a man that's up front. The man that's up front, he, had, uh, he, had a, he was in a car accident. He needed hip healing and shoulder healing, and he said his testimony is, as this man that got healed in the back prayed for him, he said he felt the hand of God come on him, and he, he got radically healed. His shoulder and his hip both got healed simultaneously. Amen. There's more, but I want to limit it to, I just want to share one more. Actually, I have a picture. Do you have that picture that I sent you, Mel? This was a man in Nairobi. 
And so the last church that we went to, this was actually the biggest church. This was at the tail end of our, of our trip. And this was like, th- this whole night was like a whirlwind. We were like ushered into this church, went and ministered, and then like ushered out after, and we kind of went straight back to our hotel. But God did so much in this meeting, and this was probably around 250 to 300 people that we were ministering to. And we again went after healing. Um, we called out back healing, and we uh, had people stand. This man got radically healed. He said he had 30 years of everyday back pain that got released in that moment. And at the end, we did the, a mass prayer, just like, if you have anything you need healing for, just stand up. And we just went after it. And so many people, like I was almost thought, I don't think, I think they didn't understand what I just said. Because I just said, if you, if you got healed, raise your hand. And it was like, it was like half the room. And I was like, maybe they didn't understand. Like if you got physical, like clarified, you got physical healing in your body, you know God did something, raise your hand. Half the people in the room. And it was confirmed by the pastor later. He said, God did so much when you guys showed up. He said, we have all these miracle testimonies coming in. So we believe in this season, we're going to see healing more and more and more. This is a house of healing. And how many know whatever you steward will grow? So we want to steward what God is doing here in miracles and healing. And we know that it's going to increase. Now, what's the difference between a healing and a miracle? Well, a miracle is instant. It's something that we believe for when we pray for someone, that they're going to get an instant miracle, that whatever is not working is going to get fixed immediately. And a healing is more progressive, like a healing can happen over time. And how many know healing is the children's bread? Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 15. Healing is your bread. Healing is your portion. And healing is a part of the blessing that comes through Jesus Christ. We don't have to beg God for healing. It's his will that you'd be healed and walk in health. He wants you healed more than you want it. How many know Jesus healed everyone who came to him? He healed everyone who came to him. So how many people here today have prayed for someone and saw them get healed? Just raise your hand if you've had that experience. Wow, so many. How many people want to walk more in seeing healing? Amen. So I want to give you two things this morning. They're both very simple. But this is two things to see more healing in your life. Now, I didn't say they're easy, but they're simple. Number one is abide. Jesus is the healer. And he said in John 15, whoever abides in me will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So when we abide with him, we will bear more fruit. And what type of fruit will you bear? The Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus is the healer. He lives inside of you. 
The scripture says, it's no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. Part of abiding is taking that truth and meditating on it. Like, it's no longer I who lives. Christ is living his life through me, and he's the healer. And he wants to get out and heal. If you become more aware of this truth, you will see people get healed everywhere you go. Jesus said, the works that I do, John 14, 12, you will do. And greater works you will do. Why? Because he lives inside of us and he has empowered us by the Holy Spirit to do his works in this world. Amen? If you want to walk in more healing, and I believe every person in this church can walk in healing and can see it. I'd never seen someone healed until I started to, to go after it and believe for it. When I, I just said, I believe this is for, for us. I believe this is for now. I started watching things about healing, reading books about healing, and people start getting healed. This is how it works. The healer lives in you. So number one, a few, two things to walk more in healing. Number one is abide. Number two is persistence. If you want it, here's a big secret, okay? If you want to see more people get healed by your own hand, pray for more people. Simple, but not always easy. Persistence. There have been, there have been people that have heard stories of people that went after healing and nobody got healed. There's, I, I can't remember who it was. I was trying to remember who it was. It might be Todd White says the first hundred people he prayed for didn't get healed. But he knew that God had it for him. And all of a sudden, his healing started breaking out. Where it was like, everybody I pray for would get healed. And he just went after it. Now, I'm thankful that's actually not my story. Some of the very first people I prayed for got healed. But there's something in that of persistence that we will actually get Jesus all that he paid for on the cross. Jesus paid for our healing. And so when you see someone that needs healing, that you would actually say, Jesus lives inside of me. He wants to live his life through me, and he wants this person healed. Do you know that when you go after healing, it has, it's not about you? It's about Jesus getting what he paid for, and it's about that person. So we need to kind of take ourselves out of the equation, like our nervousness, our fear of failure, rejection. It's like, this isn't about me. This is about Jesus getting what he paid for. And this is about this person receiving healing in their body. So those are the two things. Meditate and abide with Christ and go after it. Persistence. So here's a lie that we sometimes believe. Well, I don't want someone to be disappointed if I pray and nothing happens. Ha, ha, ha. Let me share a story with you. Very vulnerable story. I'll tell on myself this morning. I like to tell on myself because then no one else can tell on me. Like I've already told on myself. This was 2013. We just had started our church. We started, I started to go after like, okay, if I go into Walmart, I'm like, Lord, who needs healing? And I'm looking for, you know, I started listening to Bill Johnson and, and he said, how do you know who, who needs healing? If you see something that's not in heaven, that's, that's something you can go after healing. If you see crutches, you don't see those in heaven. 
So pray for healing. If you see an arm brace, if you see a wheelchair, you won't see that in heaven. So that's, that's your target. So I really started to go after it. And one day I was going to my favorite coffee shop. And as I'm walking in, there's a lady in a wheelchair coming out. And she's paralyzed from the neck down. She was with two people. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to pray for her. And I said to the Lord, I was like, oh, Lord, I do not want to pray for this woman. I had not prayed for anybody that, that had been in a wheelchair. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. And I went in and I got my coffee and I walked out and they were outside having coffee, this lady in the wheelchair and two, two of her friends. And I walked by them, went to my car, sat in my car, and as God is my witness, my car would not start. And the conviction of the Lord came over me. And I knew it had nothing to do with my car. And I got out of the vehicle and I walked up to these people and I said, hey, this might sound, this is kind of a good lead in line. Hey, this might sound crazy, but I often pray for people and I see them get healed. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And I said this to them and they said, go for it, man. We're all Christians. <laughs> And so I prayed for this lady, and it was probably 60 to 90 seconds, just like, you know, prayed a simple prayer of healing. And then I asked her, this is what we like to do, did you feel anything? Is there any difference? Did you, did you feel like something in your body? Try it out. Do what you couldn't do. This is kind of what we want to do when we pray for people. It's an act of faith to ask them to try it out, that you're actually expecting that God did something. So I said, did you feel anything? And she, she said, you know, I didn't feel anything physically. She said, but as you were praying for me, I felt so loved by God. I felt so loved by Father God. So a lie that we sometimes believe is, well, I don't want someone to be disappointed if I pray and nothing happens. Here's the truth. If someone is struggling physically, they're already disappointed. They're already disappointed, and you stepping out and praying for them usually really encourages them and makes them feel loved by God. Randy Clark, he tells his ministry team, I don't expect everyone you pray for to get healed, but I expect everyone you pray for to feel loved. And so really, praying for the sick is just loving people. It's like, I want to go after loving people well, and seeing Jesus get his full reward. It's not about you. It's about them, and it's about Jesus getting what he paid for. If you make it about them and not about you, you'll pray for more people. Oh, this isn't about me. They need healing. And Jesus deserves to get everything that he paid for on the cross. Your job is just to step out and love people well. Step out and believe for healing. Step out and risk. Hallelujah. Acts 10.38 says this. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing 
all, can you say all? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So there's two things I want to point out in the scripture. It says that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power so that he could heal all that came to him. How many know that God has also anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power so that you could do the works that Jesus did? The same Spirit, Romans 8.11, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Spirit that went into his lifeless body and brought him back to life, lives in each one of you. The same Spirit. He's anointed you with the same power that Jesus Christ was anointed with. John 14.12, we've already talked about that. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do. So God has anointed you with Holy Spirit and power so that you could do the works of Jesus. The other thing I want to point out in that scripture is, it says Jesus healed all who are oppressed by the enemy. Sickness is an oppression of the enemy. Some Christians get this confused. Sickness is an oppression of the enemy. John 10.10 this is such a good scripture to make a good, good dividing line of what, what's coming from who. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I come to bring life and life more abundantly. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when you see sickness, which category do you file that in? Sickness is an oppression of the enemy. It does not come from God. This is so important because people will get in this wrong mindset, bad thinking, bad theology of like, well, I'm sick because I'm not good enough or because I did this or because I made that mistake two years ago. And it's a lie from the enemy to hold people in bondage to believe God did this to me. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And we have the same assignment to see Jesus get what he paid for and to destroy the works of the enemy. Malachi 4.2 says this, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Healing originates out of his righteousness. Man, I'm so thankful for that. It doesn't originate out of our righteousness. He will rise with healing in his wings out of his righteousness. He paid for all sickness through his righteousness, through what he did on the cross. Healing doesn't come out of your own righteousness. So it's never about being good enough to earn it, but it's always about recognizing his righteousness that paid for healing. Amen? If you need healing, take your eyes off yourself and your righteousness and put your eyes on Jesus and his righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. 
This is what 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says. It says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not about our righteousness. That's why he gave us his. Our righteousness is filthy rags. That's why he gave us his. We have his now. <laughs> that scripture where it says our righteousness is as filthy rags, it's not for us to be like, oh my goodness, I'm terrible. I'm, I, my righteousness is filthy. It's for us to be thankful that he gave us his righteousness. It's like your, your righteousness is filthy rags. That's why Christ gave you his righteousness. So you have his now. Amen. I want to read Isaiah 53.5, but I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Sometimes it's good to read scriptures that we know really well in different translations. It says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, which means our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes or by his wounds, we are healed. So most, this is what really struck me this week when I was just meditating on the scripture. Most every Christian would agree that Christ paid for every sin on the cross. Amen? He paid for every sin, and we know that when we receive Christ, we're washed white as snow. No rock is unturned. In our life, every sin is forgiven, washed away, white as snow. But just as true as it is that he paid for every sin on the cross, it's equally as true that he paid for every sickness. Every sickness was also paid for on the cross. How many know that it's a package deal we emphasize the fact that Jesus paid for our sins, and rightfully so, but we can so underemphasize that he paid for our sickness, every sickness. Psalms 103, David, I'm jumping ahead, this is at the end, but I'm going to say it now. David said this, praise the Lord, my soul, oh my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sin and heals all your disease. It's a package deal. When you see the words saved and salvation in the New Testament in the Greek, it's almost always the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. This is what Jesus paid for to give us sozo. This is what sozo means. Because sometimes we reduce what Jesus did on the cross down to he's going to get us to heaven someday if we, if we put our faith in him. And yes, we're very thankful and eternally grateful for that. But this is what the word means. Saved, healed, delivered. This is the fullness of what he paid for. Saved, healed, and delivered. John G. Lake called this the triune salvation because sozo means 
saved, healed, and delivered. John G. Lake, I don't, I don't think, aside from Jesus, I've heard someone that moved more in healing. 100,000 documented healings in, in uh, I think it was Washington. The hospital closed in the city that he was in. This is the 1920s. They would, they would send teams to the hospital. They would pray for so many people in the community that the hospital literally shut down because they just couldn't, they had no patience. Amen. To <clears throat> excuse me, to close, I want to look at two scriptures. I want to look at Second Peter three nine. And I want to look at Matthew chapter eight. Second Peter three nine. And I believe these are parallel passages. 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not willing, say not willing, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now this is a great scripture to understand God's heart for his creation. Here's what this scripture is saying. That when it says he's not willing, it means it is not his will. When it says... The Lord is not willing, in other words, it is not God's will that any should perish. This is talking about perish, the parish of going to hell. It says it's not his will that any should go to hell, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, come into repentance. This is important to know God's heart for people. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. His will, is, the scripture literally says this, it's God's will that everybody would come into repentance, that no one would go to hell. Okay, let's look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. I love this passage. Matthew chapter 8. I hear pages rustling, so I'll give you a second. I love this. I preached uh, Matthew chapter 8 years ago. I remember on uh, Easter Sunday. It says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. So this is, people are starting to get, the word is out about Jesus. And he has like, rock star status at this point where people are mobbing him. They're like coming from all over to meet him, to be around him. And this is the scene for this passage is he comes down from the mountain, he's mobbed. Everybody wants something from him. Verse 2, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, why I love this passage so much is you see Jesus being mobbed and everybody's like, oh, man, you're amazing. And the lowest of the low comes to Jesus, humbles himself, says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus, verse 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. 
be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. I want to tell you this morning, just as willing, just as God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, God is also not willing that any should be sick. It is his will that everybody be healed and be in health. He said, I am willing. Be cleansed. We can't overemphasize, or I think it's impossible to overemphasize, but we can't just emphasize the forgiveness of sins and underemphasize the healing of our body. Because sozo, what Jesus did, means saved, healed, delivered. All of it was paid for on the cross. Just as true as God wants everybody to be saved, it's equally as true that God wants everyone healed. Why? Because Jesus paid for the fullness of both salvation and healing on the cross. Now we read that scripture. I had to jump ahead. Psalm 100 verses 2 and 3. I love, we love the Psalms because it's, there's so many messianic scriptures in there. It's a thousand years before Jesus came. And there's so many scriptures that apply directly to Jesus. And this is one of them. Psalm 100, 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sin and heals all your disease. All sin and sickness was paid for on the cross. When we pray for people, we're simply wanting Jesus to get everything that he paid for. I'm going to cl close with a kind of a funny story. It's, it's not my story. It's Bill Johnson's story. This story was from like around 1998. So if you don't know who Bill Johnson is, he's the pastor of Bethel Church in Reading, where they've been seeing like a continual revival for the last 20 years. And so this is before Bethel was the Bethel that we know today. The worldwide Bethel music is all over the world. Bethel Church is all over the world. This was when Bethel had about maybe a thousand people. And it was a Sunday morning. And a lady comes up to Bill Johnson. And she says, is Chris here? Chris Valentin, that's his associate pastor. Is Chris here? No, he's actually preaching at another church this morning. But he's going to be here tonight. She goes, well, could you give this to him? And she hands Bill Johnson a check. And in Bill's words, he said this, since it was not in a sealed envelope, I felt it was God's will for me to see what, how much the check was. So he said, but I didn't do it in front of her. That would be rude. So I waited until she left, and then I looked at the check. It was a check for $30,000 written to Chris Valentin. So he held on to it, he put it in his Bible. And that night, Chris Valentin comes to the service and he says, hey, I got something for you. And he gives him this check. And he said, Chris Valentin ruined the prayer meeting that night <laughs> because he was so excited that he was showing everybody his $30,000 check and praising God for his $30,000 check that, that he felt like came from the Lord through this woman. 
So here's why I told you that story, and this is what Bill says. <laughs> Bill says, you know what? Chris never thanked me for giving him that check. <laughs> because I didn't write it. I just delivered it. This is what we're doing when we're praying for healing. We're delivering what someone else paid for. Jesus paid for it. We just deliver the check. Amen? I want you to stand this morning. We're going to go after healing this morning. I want to tell you just a really quick story. And you're like, oh yeah, have a stand and then tell a story. I've, I've had a miracle. I've had two different healings. Where I had one miracle in my back and I had one healing. So what's a miracle? It means something that happened instant. So I had a, a horrible um, injury from uh, the gym in my back. I, I shared my full testimony on Wednesday. This was in 2015. And to this day, I don't know what happened because God healed it before I even got to go to the, the hospital. I knew I needed a day. I was like, I need a day to pray and use my faith. And I don't know how bad the injury was, but I know that when I got home, um, my, my shoulders were two inches off of each other. I felt like I was standing up straight, and my shoulders were like this because of how, ba how badly my back was damaged. And that night, um, my wife prayed for me, my daughter prayed for me, and that night in my sleep, God healed me. He actually gave me dreams that he was healing me. So I had no doubt, like I didn't just wake up and be like, well, maybe it just magically fixed itself in the night. Like I had dreams from God He's like that he was healing me. And I woke up healed. That's the really short version of that story. So that's a miracle when it happens like instant. There is another time before that where I had back pain for months and months and months and months. And I would, I just kept believing for healing. I was like, I know I'm going to get healed. And it was kind of suspect. It would always hurt in, in worship. Like I'd be standing, you know, praising God, holding my guitar, and my back would be on fire. And it, uh, it kind of continually, constantly hurt. And this was for months. But I just didn't give up. I was like, God, I know, I know you're going to heal this. And I just would declare over it, I'm healthy and I'm healed in Jesus' name. God, my back's healed. I believe it's healed. And I want to tell you something. This is so key. Every time there was prayer for healing... I would be the first in line. I mean, dozens of times. Dozens of times. I'm like, yep, oh, for healing, I need back healing. I'm going to go up every time. Continually keep going, keep going, keep going. There's a trap that the enemy wants to get you in where he lies to you. If you've been prayed for three, four, five times where you're like, ah, it's just not going to happen for me. He'll whisper this in, you, in your ear. I just, you know what? You're fine. It's kind of like the message last week where there was people that, we're at the edge of the promised land. There was these two and a half tribes, and they're like, you know what? We kind of like it here. Like, this is pretty nice. We don't want to cross over. And it's like they, this lie that comes in, like, hey, you know what? Why don't you just content where you're at? Like, God's done a lot for you. Like, no, Jesus paid for your healing. Jesus d didn't get you to the edge of your promised land just to be like, you know, I've done enough for you. Now, he wants you to come all the way in to all the promises. Amen. So all that to say, ministry team, would you come forward? We're going to go after healing this morning. I'm going to be here to pray. Our ministry team's going to be here to pray. I'm actually going to have Angela close the service this morning. But if you have had something, I don't care if it's five years, 10 years, 40 years, 
and it's still not healed, go after it this morning. I believe God's going to move in this place, and we're going to see healing all across this place. So, Angela, why don't you come up and close? And so, if you need healing this morning, we'd like you to come up, and we would love to pray for you.